What an honor to be here tonight. If you have your Bible, turn with me to the book of Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12. While you're turning there, I am grateful uh, to Pastor Denton for the invitation. Thank you, sir, to be here. What an honor to come to this great conference. I've heard so many wonderful things about how God is using it and using this great church. And so I'm honored to be here tonight. I'm also honored to get to preach with Jeff Laborg. He and I preach a lot of the same conferences. We just rarely on the same night. I, like Jeff's coming or Jeff just left. And I miss him every time. So brother, good to be with you. And I thank God for how the Lord's using you. And thank you for that good word that you just brought us. Well, we could almost just say it's good, it's been good, and let's just go on home. But since we're here, <laughs> Acts chapter 12, I'd like to begin to read in verse 1. I'm going to ask you if you will in reverence to the Word of God. Stand with me as we read. Acts chapter 12, beginning in verse 1. Now, about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread, and when he had apprehended him... He put him in prison and delivered him to four quadrants of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison. But prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Pray with me. Father, I give you thanks tonight that you have allowed us the great privilege to be here in your house and to worship your holy name. And I pray, God, that you would just dismiss me and you'd preach to us tonight. God, that we'd hear from heaven is my cry and my prayer. Lord, I am desperate that you would preach tonight. God, speak to us. Just let us hear from you. And Lord, I would that all the praise and the honor and the glory might be credited to Jesus. In his name I pray, amen. You may be seated. When our pastor said he's praying for revival, I'm praying for revival. Because I am convinced that that's all that's going to help us. We're in a place, we're in a spot, we're in a fix, if you will. I don't know if you know this, but our beloved state of Tennessee has almost 7 million residents now, and we are approaching 4 million of the 7 that are lost without Jesus. Do you know that the most recent statistic I saw was 57% of Tennessee is lost without Jesus? Does that surprise you? It surprises me. 57, one out of every two Tennesseans is dying and going to hell. Only Jesus can change that. And we need a revival, a rekindling, a renewal. 
So I am convicted and I am convinced that the only way we're ever going to see a move of God that will change our state and our nation and our world is when God's people get serious enough about desiring and longing for him to move that we begin to pray. Well, we learned how to have prayer meetings. We spend most of our time sharing requests. I'm fearful that sometimes that becomes gossip hour. You know how we are. We need to pray for brother so-and-so. You know, he went down to his neighbor's house and was down there with his neighbor's wife, and we need to pray for him. That's not a prayer request. That's you gossiping. That's what that is right there. And so we, we know how to share requests, if you will. We know how to share the news, as it were. But somehow, when it comes time to really get serious about praying, we don't want to invest the time. I read about a man who said he had committed to pray for one hour every day. No matter what else happened, he was going to pray for one hour a day. And he kept his word, and he was faithful to do it, except, There were just a few days that he just couldn't find an hour. I mean, he tried. He tried to carve it out of his day, but he just couldn't find an hour. And he said on those days, he made sure to pray for two hours. See, that's what I'm talking about. That's the kind of praying I'm talking about that it's going to take. And and, and if we really want to see God move, we're going to have to get serious about praying. And so for just a few minutes tonight, I'm not going to be long. I normally don't preach more than two and a half hours. I'm not going to be long. But I want to talk to you about this. What happens when God's people pray? What happens when God's people pray? The Bible tells us that Herod the king had uh, been punishing all he could Christians. He was such a, a paranoid fella. Anyway, he was doing all he could to stamp out Christianity. And the Bible said that he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And when he saw that it pleased the religious crowd, then he went ahead and arrested Peter. And the Bible said after Passover, he was going to cut his head off. He was going to kill him because he was a man pleaser. And he saw that the religious crowd liked when he pleased them. Isn't it funny? As I, I was studying that text, I couldn't help but think about how today there's so many men pleasers. And the more they can do to please men, they'll do it. And that's what Herod was all about. Let me make men happy. And we see in just a short time after chapter 12 that mm, payday someday. Listen, here we go. The Bible says that as he's taking Peter into custody, he's waiting until the Passover, then he was going to bring Peter out. But watch this. The Bible said the church was praying. Well, I love that early church in the book of Acts, don't you? I tell you, they're a wild bunch. You just don't ever know what's going to happen with that church in Acts because they didn't really know all the church polity. I mean, look, right when they got started, there was a guy sitting down outside the doors, and he was lame, and Peter and John was coming up to pray with him, and when they started up, he said, give me some money. He said, we don't have any money. What we have, we give you in the name of Jesus. Get up. He stretched out his hand. He reached up. He got up, and this guy went into church leaping, shouting, and praising God. Unusual church. I didn't see anybody coming in like that tonight. Hmm. I believe that side is better over there, Brother Jeff. I, <laughs> hey, come on now. 
So it's unusual. You don't know what's going to happen. So here they are. Peter's in jail. They love Peter. Man, he's one of their spiritual fathers. He's one of them that is teaching them and mentoring them and discipling them. And they don't want to see him killed. Their heart broke. James is dead. And now they know Peter's going to die. So they just did what they knew to do. They went to praying. I said they went to praying. Because they believed prayer worked. I just don't believe that they said well, there's nothing left to do but pray. Have y'all been in prayer meetings like that? And this is, this is the request. Well, sister so-and-so, doctor came in, said it's bad, said all that's left to do is pray. I think you listened to the wrong doctor. Matter of fact, why didn't you start with another doctor? I mean, you're going to let a practicing physician tell you that it's bad and all you can do is pray and you hadn't even talked to the physician? Some of y'all will get that in just a little while. You're going to be going home and, and your wife's going to say, you know, practicing physician versus the physician. And so they're going to have a prayer. Amen. They just up in there praying. I, they, they gathered at somebody's house. They just, it, cottage prayer meeting. Amen. Y'all know what that is, don't you? Amen. About three of you. Lord, I wish I had somebody praying right now. Listen, so the Bible said, and Herod, and Herod would have brought him forth the same night. Mm. The people of God went to pray, and when God's people pray, let me tell you what happened. Number one, God moves. I said, God moves. I said, God moves. How many of you believe praying moves God? Let me tell you what kind of praying moves God. Faithful praying. Faithful praying moves God. Can I show you something? Over there in Mark, we find Jairus comes to Jesus and his little girl's sick. You remember that? And he said, Lord, my daughter is sick, nigh unto death, and she's going to die. But if you come... And lay your hands on her. She will live. Is anybody here tonight? Did you hear what he said? She at the point of death, but if you come lay your hands on her, she'll live. Not if you come by, she might be okay. Not could you come give us a consultation. Not could you write a prescription. Could you give us some kind of problem? No, if you touch her, she will live. See, that's a prayer of faith. That, that ain't none of this praying, Lord, if you can do something. Lord, if there's anything you can do. I don't know about y'all, but I, it's a good thing I'm not God. That's all I'm going to say. I, I might just do something just because you asked if I could do something. You see what I'm saying? What kind of praying is that? Let me tell you how God moves. The Bible said that the same night, they're going to take him the next day and kill him, but the same night, that night, you know when God moves? Right on time. I said he's an on-time God. Y'all know that, song. he's an on-time God. Yes, he is. I guess y'all don't know that song. <laughs> hey, I'm telling you, we serve an on-time God. He's never late. I said he's never late. Listen, he seldom early, but he never late. 
You hear what I'm saying? He's seldom, and, and he's not early because he's helping you. I said he's helping you. Sometimes he wants you to trust him a little bit so he don't just show up on your time because he's not on your time. He's on his time, and his time is always on time. Amen? That same night, it wasn't too early. It wasn't too late. That night, I wonder why he left him there that long. Why did he leave him? Why didn't he just get him out early? Well, maybe Peter needed a little rest. I don't know. Hey, you think you could rest in prison? Man, if I got 16 soldiers all up around me, yes, I can rest. Ain't nobody messing with me. I don't know why God waited till he did. I don't know why God chooses the time that he chooses, but I know this. He's always right. And he's always on. He's never failed me yet. And he's never been late. Anybody had him be late? Mm-mm. He's an on time. I'm wanting to sing and y'all don't know. Come on now. The Bible said the same night Peter was sleeping. So the Bible tells us he's sleeping between two soldiers and he's bound with two chains and the keepers before the door kept the prison and behold the angel of the Lord came upon him a light shining in the prison and he smote Peter. Mm. He smote him. Don't you like that? Pastor, you ever wanted to reach out and smoke somebody while you was preaching? <laughs> Boy, I've wanted to run the aisle and smoke five or six at a time. You know what I'm saying? I'm just smote them, buddy. Hey, I'm telling you when God's people pray, God moves and he's on time, but God moves and he'll smote you. Now, what does that mean? I know you want it. It means to shake or to stir. When God moves, he'll stir you up. See, Peter's asleep. He's resting. I find it amazing that Peter's asleep. Yeah, I said a little tongue-in-cheek. I got 16 soldiers around. I'm probably going to sleep because I feel safe. But you know, after all, you in jail. You know James just got killed. And, and you're probably a little anxious because you think you're going to get the same thing. But yet Peter was asleep. He was so asleep that the angel of the Lord had to shake him to wake him up, had to smote him. I don't know. I don't know. I, it's just my spiritual imagination. Leave me alone if I'm wrong. I, I believe he was sleeping just as soundly as Daniel was in the lion's den. <laughs> just saying. Just saying. I, I believe he had such a peace because Peter knew this. <laughs> God was able. And so the Bible said he stirred him. I want to tell you what. If we ever want to see a revival, we're going to have to pray to an on-time God and allow him to smote us to stir us, to shake us. And brothers and sisters, we need to be shaken. The Bible said, <laughs> light shined, the angel smote him on the side, he raised him up and, and saying, arise up quickly and his chains fell off. And his chains fell. Listen, when God's people pray, he's on time. He's always, he moves and he's on time. He moves and he's stirred. But listen, he also moves and he frees. I said, he frees. He will free you. Is anybody bound tonight? Anybody bound up tonight? You, you know, I think about that story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You remember those fellas, don't you? And those three boys, the Hebrew boys over there in Daniel 3. Do y'all remember? Have I said something you didn't know? Okay, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The Bible said, they're standing before the king. King said, you got to bow this golden image. They said, we're not going to bow. We're over here praying to our God. And, and he said, no, you're going to have to bow, boys. Maybe you don't understand. They said, look, we understand. 
And if it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fire furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand. But be it known to you, king, and all of your kingdom, we will not bow. And so the Bible said, watch this, they tied them up in their own clothes. Go ahead and read it. Tied them up in their own clothes. Hey, stay with me here. I'm convinced that we got too many folks who say they're followers of Christ and they're bound up in their own stuff. Bound up in their own junk. Their own stuff that they've made that they created and you've got bound up in it. I mean, it's one thing somebody else chain you up, but it's another when you put them on yourself. I mean, we know Jesus and we'll shout the victory. He set my shackles free. And then before we know it, even as followers of Christ, we'll allow some things in our life that will bind us. Well, preacher, I just don't believe that's true. Well, then you just can't see. Why is 57% of Tennessee lost if that's not true? Because if it weren't true, Christians would be out there beating the bushes telling folks about Jesus. Hey, if it weren't true, we wouldn't be saying we need a revival and we're praying for it. We'd be in the midst of it. But yet we got too much stuff that has bound us up. Listen, what we need to do is get to praying and getting free. You ever been with anybody when they got free? You ever been there when they got free? Let, let me tell you something. I grew up, I grew up, I had wonderful mom and dad and I had great grandparents. My, my, my mother's mother and dad. My, my granddaddy went to World War II, lost. My grandmother prayed him home when he got saved. <laughs> and I, when I tell you she prayed him home, I mean to tell you she prayed him home. That woman could pray. And I remember growing up, and as we were young, going to visit my grandparents, and we'd just get down in the middle of the living room and go to praying. That's just, that's just kind of family I was raised in. We, just, we didn't know you wasn't supposed to be that. You know, we, we didn't know. We just... We just figured we here, we're going to get down and pray. Amen. And buddy, my daddy, he was a preacher of the gospel, and he'd get to praying. And I'm telling you, boy, he'd get to praying right there in his mother and father-in-law's living room. We're praying. And, and my grandmother and granddad, you, you forgive me now, they, they were free will Baptists. Amen. God love them. And my grandmother, when the Lord would just get on her, she'd go, Always in threes. I don't know what the symbolism is. <laughs> but she couldn't just get a whoo. It was a whoo, whoo, whoo. Always threes, you know. It was, I just went, what? My granddaddy was not a real talker. He, he was a very quiet man. And, and I remember being in there and <laughs> we get to praying and my grandma, you knew it was on, you know what I'm saying? You knew. And my granddaddy would go. <laughs> I can hear him now. That's all he'd do. And it would just kill me. It just drive me nuts, man. I wanted to get up and run around the house, and I was just a kid. I didn't know what was going on. All I knew is I was free. See, they knew what it meant to get free. And you think she just did that in her living room? <laughs> yeah. I've heard her in church get loose and go to shouting. It would have scared y'all to death. You wouldn't have known what to do with that. But she didn't care because she got free. Lord, I wish some of y'all would get free tonight. 
I wish the Lord would loose us and let us go tonight, don't you? I wish he'd turn us loose and we'd just be unleashed in Middle Tennessee and we'd go to north, the south, the east, and the west and we'd see revival spread across this state like we can't even imagine. It'll happen when God's people start praying. Some of you are bound up tonight and you need to get free. I'm telling you how to do it. Start praying. I said, start praying. You got a kid that's bound up, start praying. You got a husband bound up, start praying. You got a wife bound up, start praying. Come on now, church. I'm telling you, he will free that which is bound. God's people pray. He moves. He moves on time. He stirs. He frees. Watch this. He's not done. And the angel said unto him, gird thyself, bind on no sandals. And so he did. And he said unto him, cast thy garment about thee and follow me. Hey, when God's people pray, he will direct you. Listen, when God's people pray and he moves, he moves on time, he stirs you, he frees you, and he will direct you. He, listen, I hear people all the time, well, I'm just trying to find God's direction. From, are you praying? I mean, what do you think you're going to do, send you an email? Get to pray and he'll show you where he wants you. He'll show you what he wants you to do. I, re- I read a devotion this week, just, uh, just yesterday, as a matter of fact, by Bobby Bowden. Y'all know who Bobby Bowden is, coach for the Florida State Seminoles. For long. And, and, and he talked about when he gave his heart to Jesus. He said, as, as a young man, I gave my heart to Jesus. And he said, when I did, I committed to God and said, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. And I'll go wherever you want me. He said, I've never sent a resume. He said, every job I've ever had, God just took me there. Opened the door, gave it to me. Well, I don't believe that. Well, I don't care if you believe it or not. I believe God can do that. You don't have to go push open the door to get in when God's in charge. I'm, I'm, I'm not as concerned about his leadership as I am our followership. Mm, somebody ought to write that down. That's good right there. That'll help you. Hey, when God's people pray, God moves. He's on time. He stirs you. He frees you. And he directs you. But let me show you something else. When God's people pray, not only will he move, but listen, when it, not only will he move, but he will amaze. I said, when God's people pray, God amazes. Look what it said. And he went out and he followed him, wist not that it was true, which was done by him, uh, by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. <laughs> Peter's like, Man, am I dreaming here? Am I seeing a vision? I, don't you love that? I mean, come on now, don't you? Have you ever had God do something and you couldn't believe it was true and you were like, man, did I just see a vision? Did I just dream that? Now, now, now y'all can laugh at that and some of you snigger at but most of you have never experienced that. When was the last time you prayed to the point that you saw God do something that you couldn't even fathom that it was coming to pass. That's where Peter is. <laughs> He's like, Did I, am I having a vision? Boy, watch, just stay with me. He said, he said, am I having a vision? He thought it was a vision. When they, listen, when they were past the first and the second ward, they came unto the iron gate that leadeth unto the city, which opened to them of his own accord. He said, we walk in. Look, Peter wanted him. I have a vision here. I got an angel out here leading. I was chained up a minute ago. Now I'm out of jail. Got my clothes on. I'm walking with an angel. I'm having a vision. Look at these doors. They just opening as we come to them. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? 
Amen. I like this. What's this? It said the iron gate that lead to the city which opened to them was on the court and they went out and passed on through one street and forthwith the angel departed from him. Verse 11. And when Peter was come to himself. When was the last time we got so engrossed in prayer that we saw God move and do the miraculous? I'm afraid that our prayer lives have become so weak and anemic that we don't even pray for God to do the unimaginable. We don't even believe God enough to ask him to do what we can't even fathom. Let me see if I can give you an example. Y'all remember this fellow named Abraham? God gave him a son named Isaac. You remember that? But before he gave him Isaac, he had another son where he got out of God's will. Went in with his handmaiden, hello, and had Ishmael, huh? When he had Isaac, God said, that's the seed I'm going to bless. And he said, your descendants through Isaac are going to be like the stars of the sky and the sands of the sea. Are you with me? So Isaac grew a little bit, and God said, Abraham, I want you to go sacrifice that boy to me. God's already told him. It's through this seed that I'm going to bless your seed, and they're going to be the sands of the, as the sands of the sea and stars of the sky. And God said, I want you to sacrifice him to me. Are you, stay, you with me? In Hebrews 11, the Bible said, Abraham, whew, Abraham reckoned that God was able even to raise from the dead. Amen. That's good, isn't it? Now, hold on. Hold on. We're reading that this side of Easter. He was reading it. The other side of Easter. Come on now. Let's go back to Genesis. And we get Abraham taking Isaac out there to sacrifice him. Are you with me? Stay with me. Tell me, prior to that event, who had been resurrected from the dead? Tell me who led the seminar on the doctrine of resurrection prior to that event. Tell me who wrote a book on the resurrection prior to that. Anybody? There weren't any. There were no books, there were no seminars, and there was no testimony because nobody had been raised from the dead. But Abraham reckoned he could. <laughs> I just believe he can. Hey, I'm wanting to know who's praying for some resurrection that had never seen. Come on now, let me get East Tennessee. Ain't never seen a resurrection. See, it's easy to pray. It's easy to pray for more money at the end of the month. I mean, it's easy to pray somebody get, get right or pray that God will do this or God will do that. But when you pray to ask God to do something that you've never heard of him doing before, that's the kind of praying I'm talking about. Now, now, watch this, watch this. Just hold on right here. I'm about to help you. Listen, come on now. You're going to like this. Watch this, watch this, watch this. You ready? 
when you are serious about praying, when you just praying but you're believing, you may not even be asking God to do what you can't even imagine, but when your heart's right. I mean, when you're seeking him, when you're seeking him like a man who's being held under the water and he's fighting to get up to get a breath, when you're seeking him for a breath, I'm telling you, it's untelling what he might do. Let me see if I can prove it to you. The Bible said that Peter now has come out and he's come to himself and he said, Now I know of a surety that the Lord has sent his angel, hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectations of people, the Jews. And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. This is awesome, man. I don't know if they sent him a note or if a messenger came and let him know once he went in jail but said, hey, down at John Mark's mama's house, we're going to be having a prayer meeting for you. And so when he got out, he knew they were having prayer meeting. And the Bible said Peter went down there and he knocked at the door of the gate and a damsel came to hearken named Rhoda. He's knocking and Rhoda comes out there and he's knocking at the door and she knew Peter's voice. Peter's like, hey, anybody in there? I know y'all praying, hey. And Rhoda comes over there and said, it's Peter. I recognize his voice. Watch this, watch this. This is good. <laughs> she knew Peter's voice. She opened not the gate for gladness, but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. Now, now let me set this thing quick one more time. The bad, I mean the people are having prayer meeting for Peter. And Peter is delivered from jail and comes to the door and Rhoda, the servant, she hears him knocking, she hears his voice, said, it's Peter. She runs back to the Baptist and said, hey, y'all! I know you're praying, but Peter's at the door. Whoa! That's what I think she did. Whoa! I know we haven't prayed me. The Lord had worked in Peter's life, and I'm telling you, he's at the door. Whoa! And the Baptist said, You're with me now, aren't you? I got your attention now. Yeah, I feel you. Woman, <laughs> you're crazy. That mug is in jail. And besides, we back here praying. Why are you interrupting us? In case you don't believe me. And they said unto her, thou art mad. But she constantly affirmed that it was even so, and they said, Not only you crazy woman, it's his angel. It would take me more faith to believe in angels out there than I would of Peter. You're crazy, you're mad, and that's an angel out there. But Peter continued knocking. Man, you know, y'all ever seen that commercial, the Energizer Bunny? That's what I see Peter. 
I know y'all praying, but I'd sure like to get in. Hey, how true is it though? Just stay with me a minute. How true is it? How many times do we ask God to do something and he does so much more than we even ask? And he just amazed. And we're like, can you believe God did that? I, I just want to say, how were you praying? Lord, if you can do anything, no. Listen, do I believe they were praying in faith? Yes, but they were praying with intensity and God did more than they could even fathom. And so when he did that which was beyond their comprehension, even when they're told, they said, woman, you've lost your mind. You're mad. That's an angel out there. It's not Peter, it's an angel. But that angel kept knocking. Peter continued knocking. And what's this? I imagine Rhoda, I imagine Rhoda just had all she could take. She said, I'll show them. Can't you see her? Can't you see her? Just get that head shake and all that wobble going. And she, I'll show them. And she went out and I'll open the door. And lo and behold, there he is. Well, she says, I'm telling you something, church. When we pray and we pray believing, we pray faith. We pray and ask God to do what only he can do. I've stopped asking too specific because I'm afraid I'm going to undershoot what he might want to do. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. You ever pray, Lord, I need $100. Lord, would you give me $100? You know, he might have wanted to give me $200. Why is I just praying for that? Lord, you know my need. That's what I pray now. Lord, you know my need. Hey, come on. Yeah. I don't want to undershoot what he wants to do. See, the longer I live, the more I'm understanding how we ought to pray. Jesus is the one that taught us, said, not my will, but thine be done. So when God's people pray, God moves. God amazes. I want to show you something else. (laughs) I love this. Verse 17. Let's finish verse 16. But Peter continued knocking, then they opened the door, they saw him, they were astonished or amazed. And then verse 17, but he beckoning unto them with his hand to hold their peace. You know what that means? It means he was going, shh, y'all calm down. (laughs) I know you ready to go, okay, because y'all just don't get that. Peter was outside because they didn't even believe he was out there. And now he comes in and they are having a Pentecostal show enough shouting and dancing meeting. They're so revved up, he's trying to calm them down. Shh, y'all hush. <laughs> That's how it was always every Sunday when I was pastoring. I was praying for, Lord, let me just have to calm them down. Shh. A minute ago, you didn't even believe it's true, and now you're shouting. Good night. That's Baptist if I've ever seen it. And they declared unto, listen, he declared unto them how the Lord had brought him out of prison, and he said, go show, thy, go show these things unto James and to the brethren, and he departed and went into another place. Let me show you two things I'm done. He said, first of all, he, he, he told how the Lord had brought him out. Hey, listen to me. When God's people pray, God moves, God amazes, and God will be glorified. The Bible said, Peter said, the Lord brought me out. He didn't say I was laying there and just woke up all of a sudden. I broke those chains, kicked open the door. 
That's kind of what we'd have said, wouldn't we? But no, not Peter. He said, the Lord is the one that brought me out. It was the one who delivered me. His name is the Lord God Almighty. He brought me out. Listen, when God does the work, you've got to give him glory. We learn how to ask, but we need to learn how to praise. We need to learn how to thank. We need to learn how to glorify him. Listen, Peter didn't stop there. He said, it's the Lord that brought me out. And then the second thing he said was, go and tell John these things. Go and tell James, rather, uh, there in verse 17. He said, go and tell James and the brethren. Who was James? James is the pastor of First Baptist Jerusalem. Hello? He's pastoring the church in Jerusalem. And Peter said, go tell James, the pastor of the church, and the brethren. In you know why? Because they're going to have some hard days. They're going to have some difficult times. They might have been in the midst of a difficult time right then. And Peter said, go tell them why. Because the testimony of what God has done is an encouragement to the righteous. Listen, when the righteous hear what God has done, they want to sing and shout and dance about. Let me tell you something. When God's people pray, we ought to give him glory for what he does. And to tell you the truth, we ought to go ahead and thank him in the same prayer we're asking just because we believe him that much. See, I just want to remind you before I go that prayer breaks the chains that bind us. Prayer unlocks the prison cells that confines us. Prayer destroys the fears that paralyze us. Prayer shines light in the darkness. Prayer melts the heart of stone. Prayer lightens the load. Prayer lifts the spirit. Prayer energizes the soul. Prayer encourages the heart. Prayer directs our steps. Listen, when God's people pray, we've seen seas were parted and God made a way where there was no way. When God's people pray, bitter waters have been made sweet. When God's people pray, walls came down. I said walls came down. Lions were tamed. Giants were killed. Armies were destroyed. Victory was delivered. Valleys of dry bone rose up and preached. Listen, I'm telling you, when God's people prayed, the dead were raised. The sick were healed. The broken were mended. Prison cells were opened. The witness of Jesus spread. When God's people prayed, So I have a question. Why aren't we doing more of it? You believe when God's people pray that he moves? You believe he amazes? You believe he ought to be glorified? Then why aren't we praying more? Because there's nothing impossible with him. Somebody sits here tonight and if you die tonight, you're going to hell. You know you're going to hell. And you know that there's nothing you can do about it. I got good news for you. There's one named Jesus who died on the cross, shed his life's blood for your sins and mine, and three days later, God raised him from the dead. And the Bible said, if you'll call on his name, just call on, I said, just call on his name. Jesus! <laughs> Woo! Jesus! Man, that feels good right there. Jesus! I'm a sinner and I'm lost, but I believe you can save me. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose from the dead. Come into my heart. Forgive me my sin. Be Lord of my life. I'm telling you, I got it on the authority of the word of God. He'll save you if you'll ask him. If that's you tonight, I want you to come in just a moment. Take me or take our pastor by the hand and take one of these brothers. Say, hey, I want Jesus in my heart. It'd be the highlight of our day to introduce you to him. Would you come? Would you come? This church is full of folks who know Jesus. There's a bunch of you here who know Jesus. You belong to him. When's the last time you really prayed and sought his faith? Hey, when was the last time you prayed God had just sent us a revival?
Maybe tonight you just need a place at the altar. Some of you got some needs and some burdens. Hey, just come lay them down. Just come say, Lord, here it is. I can't take it anymore. Hey, if he can take a man and bring him out of prison, <laughs> he can take care of your burden. Maybe you got a relationship you're concerned with. Come just lay it at the altar. Say, Lord, here it is. Maybe you got a lost friend on your mind. Come pray for him. I don't know what the Lord might have said to you tonight, but the altar is open for you to seek his face. So if you want to get saved, come. Our pastor will be here at the front. If you want to pray, come. The altar is open. Because when God's people pray, things happen. God, I pray in the name of Jesus, by the power of his shed blood, that Lord God, in our midst tonight, as you've already moved, that you would continue to move. God, I pray if there's anybody here that doesn't know you, that tonight they'll get saved. God, I pray they'll move from where they are. Walk this aisle and give their hand to the preacher and their heart to Jesus. God, I pray for anybody here that doesn't know you, you'll save them tonight.